So this is uh, something I wrote last night regarding my resignation. And it, it was like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> it's totally full of grammatical errors um, because I just kind of wrote it out. I just had to articulate my thoughts. And I wanted to share it because of the fact that it feels like this isn't something that people discuss. Um, and so I call it the five stages of employment grief. So let's just get into it. So let's just start with what I wrote. <laughs> Again, I wrote this at one in the morning and I was tired. So please forgive me for <laughs> any mistakes. <laughs> it's been four days since my employer decided not to negotiate with me or even discuss the reason I wanted to leave or discuss my reason for emailing my staff in an outburst. But this isn't about my resignation. Oh, no. Contrary to popular belief, this is about the aftermath. What happens when a workaholic no longer works? The five stages of employment grief. Day one. There's no way they will survive without me. They'll come crawling back and I'm just going to say, screw it. Day two. I can't believe they're going to replace me with that one coworker who sucked at his job. There's so many things he can't do. Day three. All right, this has gone on long enough. I'm sure that if I finish out my duties, someone will come calling me, practically wishing I would return. <laughs> Day four. Shit, well, this sucks. What the heck am I going to do now? Day five. I guess I have to let go. Okay, so here is where I talk about the aftermath. <laughs> Sorry, there's like a plane going by and I'm just trying to like not hear it so loud in my ears. But anyways, <clears throat> no one ever warned you when you resigned from a job of just how loud the silence is. When you're employed at a place for so long, your coworkers the good and bad become a part of your life, whether you like it or not. You talk trash together, laugh together, and get angry about new changes together. They become like your family. So when you leave your employer, you don't miss or grieve for the work. You grieve for the humanity that seems lost. Your phone rings just a little bit less. The once familiar daily struggle to get the copier to work leaves you. You realize that you spend so much of your time on your work that without it, you have no idea who you are, what kind of things you like. You start to question your reasoning and sanity. In the morning when you wake up, you feel excited for the day. You get up at your usual time out of habit and routine. You have your morning coffee. You prepare for the day as if you have somewhere to be. You prepare as if you are needed. You catch up on social media feeds and brush off your resume. 
You try to articulate as best you can all that you have accomplished, but it just seems so self-serving. By noon, you have a slight feeling of accomplishment for the day. Since you have sent out your resume, checked up on the news, and did a bit of yoga. Now what? Clean? But your home isn't messy, so you make a mess. After all, there's no rush to clean because you never invite anyone over anyway. By 2 p.m., your daily dose of anxiety and self-doubt kicks in. You analyze everything about your choice, and you ultimately know that you made the right move. You did make the right move, did you not? There's no one to consult with anymore regarding your choices. After all, Your coworkers were the people you spent the majority of your time with. But they weren't your friends or family. They were just people you worked with. So why do you feel like you're completely and utterly alone? The truth is work is like any complex relationship. No one tells you that it can feel like a messy divorce. No one warns you of self-doubt. No one tells you that you will feel a slight emptiness, not because of the place you worked, but because of the people who made your day. From the casual banter with others in your role about how you want to make real change, to the delicate flirting with the unattainable that we're all guilty of. The people you work with no longer have a reason to talk to you. Even if you have found a common interest, you know deep down that you don't want to become attached. By nightfall, you feel like a failure. You try your best not to snoop on your coworkers' lives or get involved in any way. You don't want to accidentally like something that they have posted in order to not seem like a stalker or creep. You feel conflicted watching your coworkers move forward with a purpose while you feel like you have no purpose. You shower until the water is cold. You would give anything to feel numb. Despite your best efforts, you realize that this same feeling has happened to you before. Before you resigned, you were stressed out. Because of your pride, you tried your best to keep it together. But the workload got heavier. And your coworkers needed you more. You had a purpose, albeit convoluted and distorted, but purpose. You knew you couldn't take on any more, but if certain people asked you to do things, you would always come through. You were 
known to be reliable, dependable. You could handle it. Whatever anyone threw at you, you could handle it. But it was far from the truth. It was the lie that you knew. Everyone put so much weight on your shoulders that you had no room for yourself. So you dove into your work and forgot about your mental health, physical health, and your dreams. You focused on fixing everything for everyone else. As long as you smiled, no one would know just how much you wanted to scream that you couldn't keep doing everything. No one would know that when you made a mistake, you replayed that mistake in your head every single day for months at a time, sometimes years. No one would understand that they needed, that they added to the perfectionist that you were. No one could know words like, you can do anything. You're amazing. You're great at everything. Only fed the monster known as doubt. The more people told you how great you were, the more you felt yourself unraveling. The pressure to perform and be perfect at everything started to take root. The roots that grew from being excellent you started to demand excellence, not just of yourself, but of those around you. You know the only way to kill the perfectionist is to break her. So you did the only thing any person of reason would do. You killed her lover, known as ego. You spoke the truth to those who needed to hear it. You regretted nothing, yet somehow everything. This is why work can be the most emotionally abusive relationship. When you leave, every memory that you have had, good or bad, is ripped from you. Every human interaction you have ever had feels almost suffocating. You look at your phone contacts and realize 80% of people on your phone are workplace contacts. In the dead of night, right before you fall asleep, fear and loathing take over. You erase all of your work contacts so that you won't be tempted to message them random TikToks. You don't miss work. You miss the human connection. No amount of great resignation talk will ever prepare you for the gut-wrenching feeling you have left if you were a workaholic. Emptiness doesn't even come close. That was what I wrote 
uh, last night at like 1 o'clock in the morning that's riddled with grammatical errors and mistakes, but we are not going to let the perfectionist in me win. We're going to just let it slide. Let it slide. Let it go. Just let it go because it needed to be raw. It needed to be me. It needed to be not so robotic. It had to be expressive and it had to come from a place of moving forward because your mental health is super important when you work somewhere for a long time don't expect yourself to not grieve a process you leaving anything when you have worked on any sort of project is scary and daunting and people become attached to these things you become attached to these things and that is okay if you're flipping burgers at burger king you really do not care that you're flipping burgers at burger king you care that you are laughing and joking with your coworkers, the people who are in there like, man, I hate this place. This place sucks. Like, I I'm ready to leave. N no disrespect to Burger King. I'm sure y'all are great. I just don't eat burgers. So, <laughs> you know, um, I'm just saying, like, if you think about it, places with high turnover rates, places where people are more apt to leave very quickly those people aren't grieving when they go they've worked there maybe a maximum of a year and then they are out but once you start getting into the latter years of your employer maybe four plus years even over two years when you have worked for a place over two years you have now invested way more time and energy into something and it can feel super duper scary out there because you don't have those connections that that constant um i don't know how to describe it just yet but it's it's a feeling of not being stagnant that's not the word I want to use. That's not the appropriate word. You are complacent. Gosh, there it is. Complacent. Complacency. Complacency does not foster growth. Um, so sometimes you do have to make really tough choices. And like I said, I... I didn't want to necessarily leave... But in the role that I was in, in the position that I was in, I was trying my best to make, to move mountains. Not for myself, but for the people that I worked with because they deserved better. And they weren't getting better. They were being told to produce, to produce, to produce, to produce with no direction and no sense of direction. So I did call them incompetent and I was very upset with them and I will not apologize for how I felt when I was doing so much to fix things. And I got sick of being the one who had to try and fix things. At some point I had to become the one who needed to take care of myself take care of my my well-being take care of my feelings take care of my emotions take care of Chelsea I had 
to start taking care of myself. Like, and so that's the aftermath. Day five. It's day five now. It's actually day five. Uh, going into day five when I wrote this. It was four days, but because it was one in the morning, it was day five now. Um, So I'm at acceptance. (laughs) And acceptance is a a little strange because acceptance is still very much like you've accepted that you've accepted what you have done. You accepted that you're not going to be going back into the role that you were in. You've accepted that your employment is uh, no longer with this company, organization, whatever you may call. However, your acceptance is not contingent upon any of those things. Your acceptance is all about you accepting that this is the way. Like, I don't know how to put it in the Star Wars nerd about it. Like, that this is the way. Like, (laughs) that is acceptance. And that is where I am at. And so, yeah. I can't say that that is going to be easy. No one can tell you that it's going to be easy. I can say that I, um worked hard for my organization even through past the day that I was told like you gotta stop working like I just worked hard because I wanted to see things happen and I wanted to finish out my role with honesty and integrity and so I have that I'm honest Maybe I should be a little less honest, but <laughs> a little more tactful. I probably should take some some etiquette and be a little bit more graceful about things, but I'm really not that good at that. So I, <laughs> it is what it is. But regardless of how anyone puts it out there, this great resignation is great. Employees see the value in themselves. But I would love to see more people discuss the fact that it does have an aftermath when you quit. You just don't quit. You separate from your organization and yet still it is somehow tethering. You're still tethered to that place. And it can be hard because it's an emotional relationship. It is. Alright guys, so that's my wrap up. I look forward to the oh Jesus. <laughs> I look forward to the future. Um and I never know how to end these things, so as always, y'all know what. Laters. <laughs>